1: You're now listening to the 1215 Club. Welcome back to another
0: edition of the 1215 Club. It is my Ma- Ario here on the mic, joined as always by Eric the Big German, Marvin the Prince, and Dylan the Graphics Guy. Boys are a little bit banged up today. A little tired. We had a yeah. night last night, Paul. Really? I didn't hear about this. Yeah, we went to Stanford. We went to a ludicrous concert. Oh, yes, I did hear you kicked it last night. Yeah, yeah. So we were, we're a little... Getting there, but every day is the Super Bowl, so we're here.
2: Your eyes look a little sore, a little tired. Yeah,
0: a little tired today. Marv
2: Marv looks okay.
1: I got after it early, but then I stopped myself. All right. Because we'll talk about it later. But you were saying like the higher seeds with, you know, backroom guys and what they do on the weekends. My weekend is probably just like yours. You know, it's family stuff. Yeah. But. I'm more interested in these guys and what they do on the weekends, for sure. I'll tell you, one of the biggest lessons I ever learned, by the
2: way, is Paul Paps here from the Paul, Dan
0: Patrick Paul, we Show. have Paul. I, I didn't get to that yet, but we're joined by uh, Paul Paps, executive producer of the Dan Patrick Show. Great to be here. Uh,
2: second time, long time. Yeah. Um, m- one of the best lessons I ever learned from Dan Patrick, the first Super World Series we worked together, we went out one night, me, Dan, Rob Dibble, Dan, uh, Sean Salisbury, and we lived it up. And back then, I think the show started at 1 o'clock Eastern, but we were on the West Coast. So the show started at 10 a.m. Eastern, which for us was a little bit earlier. Not that early, but a little bit earlier than normal. And we got I got roughed up the night before, and it was our first or second road trip with the Dan Patrick Show. And we were getting ready for the show, and I think I was a little whiny, like, mm, I'm, not, I'm not feeling great. And Dan goes, hey, I don't want to hear it. You can either go out and do your job, or you can't go out. He goes. He goes. No complaints, and it's the last time I said anything. And I would also learned something. One, and I actually teach my students this: mm-hmm. is that because people go out on the road when you're working in this business, you're working in sports, you're having fun. You can either drink a lot, or you could stay out really late. Don't do both. Yeah. You can stay out <laughs> till three in the morning if you have like two beers. Yeah. Which doesn't really sound like it's possible, but you can. Or you can have a bunch of beers and stay out to like ten thirty, which doesn't sound possible, but that's the kind of discipline you need.
0: Is that common in this business for like people to go out like the night before? Is that something that they usually do?
2: Well, I think in the sports media you have generally fun people, I would think. And I I think it I don't think that's a stereotype but fun-loving people. I think what happens is young producers go on the road for the first time and someone else is paying for drinks or you go to a steakhouse and someone's buying the wine and And it's on the Underhill's card or whatever some sales guy is buying, and you're like, "This is awesome." I'm with Dan Patrick. I'm with Bob Costas. I'm with blank, blank, and it's it's all kind of on the house a little bit. Or you get into a club you might not normally have gotten into because you're with whoever, whatever you're you're with Dan Orlovsky and you're Dan Orlovsky's producer, Mm -hmm. and then you kind of forget that. Hey man, you got to work the next day, and there's no timeouts
0: in live radio or TV. So we have you here today because of your bet that you paid up. Five years in the making, about five years in the making at this point.
2: It's actually closer to the Michael Phelps bet is closer to 10 years in the making, uh, eight years in the making. When he retired after the 2012 Olympics, I don't remember exactly what we said, but he said, I'm done, I'm not going to come back. And I went on air and I guaranteed he was going to swim in 2016. Is that Rio, I think? Rio, yes. And I, I don't think we talked to Phelps about it, but I said it on the air, and I guaranteed it. And I luckily, Michael Phelps did come back. And then after the 2016 Olympics, Dan Patrick goes, what, well, are you going you gonna to guarantee he's coming back for 2020? I'm like, well, and I didn't feel as good about it because he's quite a bit older, and he'd done about everything. But I said, yeah, because his I think Michael Phelps would love for his kids to be of the age where they could see what dad is doing and, on the world stage and understand what he's doing. Because I think his son Boomer was a, an infant yeah. in 2016. And I also thought that the financials of it, because Michael Phelps competing in the Olympics is worth probably $20 million to him and his family. Here's where I underestimated. I didn't realize how sick Michael Phelps was at training,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I didn't realize how much Michael Phelps could make doing endorsements for products and not even being in the Olympics. The two biggest Olympic stars, endorsement-wise, were Usain Bolt, uh, three, and uh, Simone Biles, and Michael Phelps. Two
0: of them weren't even competing in the games. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he was what uh, announcing that he was like an yeah. analyst. was an analyst. Right. Yeah, do Do you think he could have like competed and
3: won if he swam this time around?
4: I, I, think how old,
3: how old is he relative to like the average?
2: He, he's got to be pushing. I would say late thirties. Yeah, he, I would guess he's ten years past the prime of a <laughs> a men swimmer. And swimming probably
3: has a fairly tight one. like you have to be in pretty insane shape. Yeah, that's, but he I, is also Michael
2: Phelps. I think he would have loved to compete. He's uh he's like middle late thirties. I just think he thought to himself, I got to do a year and a half in the pool, and those days are over, and maybe I don't need the money. Maybe I've got a nice life where I don't need a, a jet, and I kind of underestimated that that he was serene with his life.
0: So, I mean, so that got delayed, the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. Which is great for the bet. Yeah. Did you forget at any point? Did it, like, slip your mind that you had made this bet? Did it, like, was it on the back burner? What was your...
2: No, as a producer, you never forget it. You always look to see what, how it could work. Um, when we got to the uh, Olympics about a couple months ago, I emailed Michael Phelps' people, the marketing people at his uh, website, MP um, Products or whatever, the, the, yeah. the, the swim caps, the swim trunks, all the equipment. And I probably sent five or six emails. The big German, Eric, right here, emailed him a couple times as well, and we, we never heard back no. to the point where Eric had to go out, I think, and just buy the equipment and then Wait for it because of delays that are going on in general.
4: And what's crazy about it is it, we had to order it twice. Yeah, because we ordered it and then we were on break when it was delivered, and the post the <laughs> postal delivery person said that we moved, and so they returned it to the sender, and but they didn't refund the card, and it was like just this crazy logistical. Thing so um, Yeah I mean It's been It was like six months Of trying to get this darn suit I'll tell you I'd prefer if we had done it in July Because I think I'm about Seven
2: pounds heavier now Than I was in July It's better than December Yeah (laughs) Yeah you don't want to be A September Michael Phelps
0: outfit. What was the worst part About paying off this bet Was there a bad part
2: Um, That Michael Phelps Wasn't here for it You know as a producer I don't care about Taking my shirt off What do I care Mm -hmm. Um, We've all done I've probably done The fewest embarrassing things On the show In comparison to the other guys but you'd like to have Michael Phelps in the building. You'd like to have Michael Phelps laughing at you and let him enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Because there's a picture I posted today. The last time we had Phelps in the studio, I guess it's a good two years ago. And uh, he's just like, Paul, you're going to lose this bet. And he's walking out. And he goes, are you really going to wear my outfit on? And I'm like, yeah, I'll I, I do the bet. I go, well, are you going to really swim in a suit of armor if if, <laughs> if you lose the bet? He goes, well, first, I'm not losing the bet. But yeah, I would. He goes, I think that'd be kind of funny to see – how far it go a suit of armor. So there was a, it was a no lose situation because if somehow Michael Phelps competes in the Olympics, that's great for America. That's great for him. That's great for TV. And then he'd have to come in studio and find a local high school pool and get our camera crew putting <laughs> him, putting a suit of armor on and racing. I'm, I've got to be the worst swimmer of any adult that you'll ever meet. I'm terrible. <laughs> I, I can't, I could can barely doggy paddle. I could probably save my own life, but I, I don't think I could complete a lap of a pool. What is it? 25 each way? Yeah, I don't think I can complete that without stopping. Even at a nice casual pace, I'm a terrible swimmer, so it would have been some good TV. No. Um, what about the
3: waxing portion of the bed? How how did you feel about that? I think you as a it. participant, <laughs> I think you enjoyed it more than I did. <laughs> I did. It was. I. I mean, I think it worked as well as it could have with the supply, the tools that we
2: had. Yeah. The only negative thing is I don't have a ton of chest hair, and so it didn't. It wasn't Steve. Uh, Steve Carell and the uh, 40 year old version. I thought about if
3: we we redo it and I take my shirt off too. Uh,
2: well, 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 I guess in retrospect, I hate thinking of bits afterwards. I should have gone to pull my shirt up and we should have cut to your chest. Cut to me, like flop it out. Yeah. Years ago, you I would worked, look good by comparison. Oh, by the way. You're wearing like a full wool vest. <laughs> yeah, I was I was locked up. Um, I used to work with a guy named Tony Stewart, a NASCAR driver, and uh, we were at the Daytona 500 in like '06. And for some reason, we were discussing people getting waxed, and there was a NASCAR driver named Jamie McMurray, and we were joking that Jamie McMurray waxes his eyebrows. And Tony Stewart's old school, Indiana guy, he goes, why do guys wax? I'm like, well, some people are really hairy. He goes, I'm really hairy, and I just get used to it. And it became a thing. And Tony goes, I would never wax my chest. I would never wax my back. And I just threw out there on the air on Tony Stewart Live, the NASCAR show. I go, would you, uh, would you wax the extra chest if someone donated like 25 grand to your charity? He goes, 25 grand? No. He goes, I just write a check for 25 grand. And uh, he goes, I'm rich, you know, because he is Tony Stewart. I go, what if it was a lot of money, like six figures? He goes, well, he goes, yeah, I'd do it because I don't care if I wax my chest, but if I could get my charity for kids that he had at the time, 100 grand, within about three minutes, Kevin Harvick, the NASCAR driver, calls in and goes, I'm in for 10 grand. And he goes, I guarantee it. Jeff Gordon, an hour later, calls in and goes, I'm I'm in for 20. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. We actually waxed Tony Stewart's back and chest. On serious radio, I'm guessing this is '06, summer of '06, and this guy was pretty hairy. And he, after the show was over, he's got
0: these little red blood dots all over. Just and he's like, "How do I put a shirt on?" You know, it was it was good radio. What was the most regrettable uh, bet that you've made on this show? Oh man, Um,
2: you may have to help me out here.
0: You've made you've made a fair amount. You yeah. and you've done. You had like the lightning bolt in your head at one point. Yeah,
2: shaving a lightning bolt. That was actually my my kids thought it was cool. Really, the people when I picked up my kids from school when I had a lightning bolt shade in the back of my hair, I got some looks like I'm the crazy dad, and I'm you know not exactly the crazy dad mm-hmm. in the neighborhood. I don't remember that many others.
0: Army, you had to do the army body paint with Fritzy. Body paint. Did Fritzy what did, did Fritzy wear something and paint his arms? Yeah, Birdman. He had he did Birdman. I, I knew Fritzy
2: wouldn't take a shirt off. <laughs> um, the army body paint, from what I remember, um, I'm a pretty not not jacked guy in any way. Um, the body paint made me look like I had muscle tone. The way they, it was almost like a superhero. The way they shaded you. Mm-hmm. And I remember some guy goes, "Hey, dude, you got abs?" I'm like, "No, no, no, that's body paint, dude. I have ab, <laughs> I have on uh, and ab. I don't have multiple, but the body paint
0: was kind of cool. Good experience." We're joined here by Paul Paps, uh, producer extraordinaire, on the Dan Patrick Show. Paul, you said something this week that resonated with the backroom guys. Okay. I'm going to play it.
2: So I would get to sit back for five yeah. hours and discuss <laughs> <laughs> the Mets bullpen. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Not do anything else. That was a bit where someone asked if we would do relegation, where the, one of the Danette's the guys in the studio, was relegated to the back room. One of the back room guys moves up to one of our spots, and I took a shot at you guys—an easy shot just to kind of encapsulate what I see back there a lot. I said. So I'm going to sit back there doing nothing and talking Mets, because to be honest with you guys listening out there I'll go in back before during, or after the show, and there's a guy named Rob back there who is especially loud. <laughs> and Rob is a former student of mine, great worker here, and I'll always hear him like you you got get you got to get Martin out of there you know I don't even know who Martin is he's some bullpen guy for the Mets, and er you hear like the nicks the Knicks went downhill in ninety eight and you just hear this yelling going on, but it's good you know i I was making fun of you guys. But I'm, it really is a compliment. I like that you're a bunch of sports nerds. You know, sports nerds are the best people to work on a show. If you're still invested to argue, then that's
0: good. But yeah, I've always got to take a shot. Do you think we'd do nothing back there, though? I think that was more of the part that resonated <laughs> Ah, us. got it.
2: Can we go person by person? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: sure. No,
2: no. If I, remember, usually jokes like that that are over the top aren't real. If that was a real – if that joke had truth to it, you wouldn't be here. Because people who do nothing do not stick around here very long. Um, No, that that, that was a total joke. But, yeah, you always want to over-make fun of uh, on the air. But, no, everyone here works hard, works smart most of the time.
4: (laughs) Working smart is more important than working hard. Eric? What's funny about Rob is that he doesn't say anything – 99% of the time. For hours. Yes. And then all of a sudden he's like, are you kidding me? You can't talk about (laughs) jets like that. Or, you know, like it's like, he's so passionate about just a very select, like it's a tiny little sliver, but he goes crazy and then he doesn't say anything for four hours. You guys all have nuances. I wish I could go person by person, but like
2: if I was describing something, if I go back and talk to Rob, he's at his computer. He's one of our workers, production assistants and back. I'm like, hey, Rob, can you help me with the uh, Michael Phelps bit? He'll be like, he looks up. Like I'm asking him a real serious favor. He'll be like, okay. And I'm like, oh, am I bothering this guy? I don't, does it work for me? It's kind of a funny thing. It's just an affect that he has. He's a good worker. He does great work. But it, he has a thing where he turns and okay. And like Dylan, oh, the little things with Dylan, you know, Dylan's back there doing his work and, and you know, I just see your shoes, man. And every day your shoe situation till the end of time will make me laugh. It could be two feet of snow outside and you'll have like leather driving slip-on shoes on, which is just... Cracks me up. <laughs> Am I wrong? No. You know, everyone's it's, got their ticks. That's
3: that's that's just my style. I'm, I'm you, always rocking loaf. I play basketball in loafers like every day.
2: You look like uh, Pablo Escobar's kind of hip grandson.
3: <laughs> I've actually I've gotten that,
2: but not the hip grandson part, right? right you kind of have a cool hipness a about you, you know. But so if I was for those listening, want an image in your mind, if Pablo Escobar, the uh, drug lord, had a grandson who was kind of cool, that'd be you. I don't know if I'm as successful as him yet, but... Well, I hope it works out better.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it didn't really end too well. It's really what you pair those loafers with. It'll be like sweat shorts, or it'll yeah. be... Uh, a floral zippy. Yeah, It's, it's business casual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like business a, a yeah. button-up shirt, Adidas sweatpants, and loafers. It's like, I just don't know what's but, going on but here. But then
2: other people... Marvin, one of the guys here who's right next to me, Marvin has a real tight dress game, like where he'll wear a black shirt and orange shoes and... Uh, uh, orange shorts and then black and orange San Francisco Giants Nikes. Yeah, like he gives some thought yeah. to his. he plans his stuff out, and so everyone has a different feel here.
0: Yeah, Marv swagged. You got swag, Marv.
2: Oh, thank you. Oh yeah, Marv <laughs> always looks like he's ready to go. Like it, like he he didn't just get up. I'm first shirt on the pile guy. It's whatever the next shirt is on the pile that's there.
0: Tyler, you mentioned that you wanted to know what he does on the weekend. So I want you to think or say what you think he does. Mm-hmm. And then, Eric, you probably have a good idea, general idea, <laughs> what Tyler does. You can kind of say it.
2: I'm pretty fascinated by Tyler. I know him pretty well. We talk a lot and we do stuff a lot. He drops me off at the uh, car dealer a lot when I get my car worked on. So we, I see his car. And you could tell everything you ever want to know about someone if you look at the inside of their car. And Tyler's car looks like a crime scene. Like there are a couple meth dealers got into a brawl in the back seat and their life savings and stuff fell all over the place. Tyler, not a meth dealer that I know. But my guess is Tyler's weekend goes, he drives home, he probably gets in two hours of video games right off the bat, like three to five. Then maybe he'll take a quick nap because he's staying up late. And then he'll probably do some smoking. Maybe like seven o'clock, he starts smoking for the night. And then... I'm guessing Wendy's, Wendy's like a double with the jumbo size fries, brings those home, video games until about midnight, and then TV and smoking until about 2. That sounds like a Friday. Eric?
4: All right, so first of all, Tyler has the worst sleeping schedule of anyone I've ever known. I'm sure. And so Tyler leaves here at 2.30 in the afternoon, and it's like, 3 A.m. for you. But he goes home and he sleeps immediately. Till like eight or nine. (laughs) (laughs) Like Da Vinci. Yeah. And then and then he has a pound of pasta or like two full takeout size containers of Chinese food. And that's he only eats one meal a day, but it's like six thousand calories. Like Fritzy. Fritzy's kinda like that. Yeah. And then he pogs, He, he games. Um he has like lots of friends throughout the world oh, that he cool. plays online with. Oh, that's cool. Um and then but he's but he's probably gaming until like 2 or 3 in the morning every day and then he'll just sleep for like 2 hours and then come to work. Right. So he, he so you're kind of on the, you're in the right vein. Yeah. So he, that doesn't seem conducive to a girlfriend. You know, right.
2: and Tyler, you know, he's got he's got decent rap. You know, I think he'd do fine. I don't think that's the kind of lifestyle that's going to get the girls over Coming. the pad. The we, honeys, we've no. been trying. The he's, honeys, yeah.
4: He's uh, recently switched to just drinking natty ice, which also right. I don't think that's going to help with the ladies. <laughs> but either. he gave up smoking last year, right? He exchanged smoking for vaping. I think that's a step in the right direction. Statistically, we don't know that. <laughs> <At this juncture. laughs> no we, we don't know that.
3: Dill um i was actually i mean eric i was gonna say the natty ice thing that was a pretty big revelation for me as like a 30 year old this week man i like the last time i drank natty ice i think i was 14 here's
2: one on dylan dylan and i were talking maybe this summer and i was working out and he was he was discussing like wanting to drop a few pounds and so he goes what what any and i think he's like any tips or anything like that and i go well i go nothing too big i go you can't cut out everything you want to do i go like how many sodas do you have a day if you have four make it two if you have a." Uh, Six pieces of pizza on a Friday. Try to make it four if you can. Little steps like that. So I said to Dylan, "I go, what about like on a Friday night you go out with your buddies and instead of having eight beers, you have three because yeah, that's not flying. He goes, that's not flying.
4: <laughs> like that was the cutoff of our conversation.
0: Haven't hung out with Dylan yesterday, yeah, yeah, I could, I, yeah, I don't think you could cut a, off. I drink a couple beers, yeah. when I go out, one, two, three. But
3: it, Paul, actually, back to earlier, what Paul said about like the going out. Than the like lateness versus like drinking amount. I think the late like the time is the key. Like that's what ends up screwing. Like obviously the amount you drink too. But like if you're up till like two versus eleven, even that is like.
2: I, I had an NFL draft. This is before I worked for Dan Patrick, but I was at ESPN. And there is a. I'm not going to name the. There was a couple football players I ran into, and I'll be quick here. But uh, they were working the draft for ESPN. They said, "Do you want to go out?" Because I was one of their producers. And so these NFL players. One of them was a pro bowler, so he had some dough. They go out differently than Pauly Pabst, 28 years old, making whatever I made at ESPN at the time. I didn't roll big. And we went to a club, and then another club, and then a strip club, and then another club. When I looked up, it was about about 345 from what I remember. And I wasn't even that drunk, but uh, I had to be at work helping out Mike and Mike in the morning at... I think at six and I was helping them out with something. Mike and, I was not working on Mike and Mike in the morning show, but their show started at six. I had to be over to get these Heisman guys over to Mike and Mike show. I was kind of the producer making sure it got over. So I had to be at six o'clock at this hotel, like the Plaza hotel. And I went back to my room. I laid down for an hour, hot shower. I was a disaster. And I can remember like I, th- I took a shower. I brushed my hair, I brushed my teeth, had a nice shirt, nice pants trying to look, Better than I felt. And uh, (laughs) I was fooling some people for about half an hour. (laughs) Then Mike Golick, big Mike Golick, who I knew pretty well, a nice guy. He looks at me, he goes, you all right? (laughs) And as soon as he said it, I was like, I must not look all right. I go, long night. He goes, you still into that night? And I go, kind of. And that's all he said and didn't give me a hard time. But he's, you know, I did the job, got to the guys where they're supposed to be, and nobody gave me a hard time. But if it went the other way and I showed up at 730, at the time i probably would have lost my job at espn that probably would, that would be enough to whiff on that it would have been a coin flip whether i got fired that day so that's the danger you know when you're young in this industry you don't get a lot of second chances
0: yeah you can you can do it but you got to
1: do it smart right? yeah of yeah. course smart All right. so uh for earlier i was going to ask about uh the seatings like the backroom guys oh like after tyler like what's your list as far as, you know, most, like, who are you most interested in hearing about as far as, like, their weekends are concerned?
2: You know, Eric's weekend, I pretty much know. It's a lot of mulch. <laughs>
0: There's
1: a lot. I mean, it's
2: something related to mulch, right? Spreading mulch. Or some. Excavator. I mean, Dylan's kind of obvious. Mario, I kind of know his weekend. He does not, he doesn't go out hard, but I'm sure he goes out a little bit. Um, Man, Tyler's so far a one seat on this.
0: <laughs>
4: you know. Eric? weeks could be like I think he uh, has a lot of variety he could be like out in the Adirondacks like having right. like a you know some sort of uh, induced um, life-changing moment yeah, yeah. Um, or he could be mowing his parents lawn and right. building a shed or he could be partying with in the city so he's, he, he's got a lot of variety
2: yeah he's a bit of a mystery here I know yeah. him pretty well we talk every morning he and I are here kind of early together but uh, once he uh, is no longer with the girlfriend we don't know what his life entails. His life was more structured when he yeah. had the girl live in girlfriend.
0: Yeah. Yeah, weeks are cameraman that is. Weeks, just to yeah. clarify. Weeks of cameraman. So we as you know, this is our last question. We want to sure. thank you for giving your time with us hanging out here with the mm-hmm. 1215 club. Um we've been having the wife series. We've had Todd's wife, we've had Dan's wife, and we're trying to look at which wife we're going to have next.
2: If you could choose only one more wife, let's say mm. let's say you only got there's three wives to go, right? Three About more the main crew. If you guys could pick, and don't say it because I'm here, but think of it as a producer, who would you pick?
0: You. Your wife.
4: Eric? I, I would say, with all due respect, you have the most fascinating personality here. Me? And, oh, yeah. Over For, Fritzy? Fritzy is, is bizarre, but he's he's Sammy. the same. Yeah. You have, like, the biggest breadth of, of personality. Like, you can go from, like... You know, if it's job mode and you're very intense to like, oh, let's talk about getting cars or, you know, family stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm curious, like, I would be curious about your wife. Seton's wife, A, we know because. Seton's a more consistent character. Yes. yes. Maybe. And, and obviously we had Todd's wife on. Um, and McLovin's wife, <laughs> I characterized this last week when we were talking about it, that I think she's kind of probably a lot like him in that, like, they're. They're always in the room, but not really always in the room. Mm. And like, maybe like I feel like McLovin is is um, in terms of his personality outside of here, and again, kind of projecting a little bit. But I think he's just like he's just a good dad. He has a couple of other gigs. He yeah. goes and plays basketball. I think he's pretty straight Thank down. Lord. Like you like take your girls to the sports bar. You know, and get chicken, and get chicken wings. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, not the you... far side. Bro. Well, okay. Yeah, but right. you almost punched a guy with your daughter getting takeout, right? So, like, yeah. So like, I feel like your personality is more varied. See, so it's that's funny. Why.
2: I thought I was kind of, like, less interesting on the food chain of people here. Why do you no. say that, Mario? You could be honest to my face. I don't care.
0: Yeah, no, the same thing that Eric says. It's just the different um, variations of that we see. Yeah.
2: I could be a terse. Can I swear on this? Sure. Yeah. I could be a, a terse asshole quite a bit. I'm aware of that. And, and I'm I'm conscious of it because it, it is part right or wrong it's it's something that's worked for me at, at the work in the workplace mm-hmm. I probably do it too often but hopefully it's less than it was eight years ago mm-hmm. who knows I don't know
0: yeah I, I would yeah I mean and I would I'm just interested to hear about you outside of mm-hmm. here what what you like what are you like at home what are you like stuff like that more so yeah I wonder what my
2: I'm curious what my wife will give up because I think she's uh I think she'll give it up if you interview her well because um, she doesn't get interviewed a lot, and yeah. I think she would probably tell you the the real details. I'm trying to think if there's anything shocking. <laughs> nah, I don't know. I, I, I can't be shocked by myself, so it's like yeah.
1: it'd be tons of flannel talk.
2: <laughs> All right, if you had one question for my wife, and I'm I'm just curious, what it would be. And let's say she allowed you one question each of you three or whatever. Well, I'm putting you on the spot here, but what type of question would you ask?
0: I would ask. I, so I would try to keep it something related to the show. I would ask about uh, your relationship with Todd, your work relationship with Todd. What are her thoughts on that? Oh, okay. That, that would that's probably cool. be the first thing that I'd ask cool. or the only thing if I could, uh, Marv.
1: Are you like Todd in the sense of so much of your life revolves around the show or is it like when you go home, you're completely, that, oh, that's no. over?
2: No, it it's generally over unless it needs to be on. I don't sit on my phone and stress about the next day's show because that doesn't work. I either attack or worry. Or I don't. I ne- I'm sorry. I never worry about things. I either attack or ignore. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my overall policy in life. Like if there's something wrong with my car, I either fix it or ignore it. I don't sit there and worry about my car and get upset about my car. I'm like, go out and fix the car, or go have a beer and hang out and watch sports. Same thing with the show. When I leave here, I ignore. I go to, on the rest of my day, and I igno- don't ignore the show, but I um, I give it its due when it's necessary. Like when if all of a sudden Mac Jones is declared out for the game, I my wife and I don't even have a conversation. I'm like, I'll be back. And I go down to my office and they don't see me for a while. Yeah. And they know the drill that there must be something show related going on. Yeah. And it could be in the middle of a wedding. It could be in the middle of friends and family coming over. I don't care who's over at the house or whatever we're doing. If there's something major in sports that's going on, I, I turn. I turn on a dime and go to it. And vice versa, though, if there's nothing going on. Don't stress. The show's going to be fine. We're five guys who can do this.
4: Yep. Eric? So they took the two questions that I had. So I'll (laughs) ask a more goofy question, which is, you told a story a couple months ago that your wife brought raw burgers to a cookout because they had frozen burgers, Yeah, and I want to know the details on that.
2: Okay, yeah. I, I have a big pet peeve when people have cookouts at their house and they serve, I'm not judging too much, but food that could be much better. I'm not a big fan of those frozen Bubba burgers. I think they're kind of salt and fat and terrible. And I don't think it's that hard to go to the store, which you're going to the store anyway, and grabbing some pre-made patties of actual meat. And uh, we just knew someone was doing it. And so I go, bring a, bring a four-pack of burgers or eight-pack of burgers. My, my folks, no, 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 no. And I'm like, she goes, yeah, actually, uh, she likes <laughs> a hamburger too. My wife loves cheeseburgers. She's like me. And so we uh, – I kind of just took over the grill. I said, hey, let me jump in here. And I started making my burgers. And then I brought the Bubba burgers on for the second wave of the people who don't know what they're doing. And uh, I don't know. That's kind of thing you probably won't do when you're 28. Yeah. But when you're 48, you're like, I'm not eating yeah. a bad burger. Life's too short. Bill? <laughs> Bill?
3: Um, I was going to say, uh, you
0: should just like leave the Bubba
3: burgers on for like an hour and a half once you take the oh, grill oh, over who and would know roast them. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, but I have these ones here.
0: Did you have a question? That's what I was really going for. It's
2: funny.
3: I was I'm answering like,
0: the questions <laughs> from my wife, but <laughs> my wife will still, give you
3: a different answer. I was yeah. still thinking about the bur- Um, I guess I'd ask like your social security number.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. she, I, she'll give it up. She'll, yeah, she'll oh, give she's it. done it. You think she'd do it? Social Security number? No. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, would she do this show? Yeah. Uh, pr- probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Right. I would let her choose. Though. I wouldn't tell her to do it or not to do, not it. To do like, it. You choose because who knows?
0: Would there be anything off limits that you would tell her? Like, all right,
2: probably. Um, no, because I don't think you guys go for the jugular. No. I think your guys more like trying to pick some stuff off, and and I think you're respectful. I I would have been concerned. Like, if I was going to interview Dan's wife, and I were you guys. Mm-hmm. I was hoping you guys would ask me my opinion on that interview, but it's no big deal because it's your show, not my show. But I was I was a little worried that someone would go. To I think- don't I don't know, which I didn't think you would, but you know uh, you know whatever it may be with any wife, wives are kind of an island. Yeah, and no one here is married except for uh, Marvin. Or, 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 Eric's married, and Marvin's married. But once you get married, you realize protecting your wife is, if you don't have kids, that's job number one, not your work. Yeah. Protecting your wife in every sense of the word is your number one role in life. And so wives, like people take jokes on wives, The wrong, you know, if you make up a joke about someone's wife, make sure it's funny. Yeah. Oh, you know what oh, I mean? Oh. <laughs> and make sure it's, you know, you tread lightly because you never know. I have I have friends, if you say one thing wrong, you're like, you know, your wife is a little chatty today. Oh yeah? You know, you never know how they're going to react. You don't know how guys slide back and forth with the
0: wives. Did you? What would you have asked uh, Dan's wife? What like what, is there was there something that you were curious uh, from her?
2: Um, I would ask her more about what she did for a living before uh, she got married because she was a producer. Yeah, and uh, she was a good producer, and she has a good, you know, it's funny she has a good ear and eye for this business. Like we talk, I've talked to her a thousand times in my life, and like when we discuss stuff, she gets it. Like I'll say, like, yeah, well. We had on Blank Blank the other day, and it got a little ugly. She goes, well, yeah. You don't have to explain it to her. And I don't know how hardcore of a sports fan she is, but she's a producer, Mm -hmm. which means you have a kind of mentality that you kind of understand what's going on, I think.
0: I think that's all we got. That was fun. Thank thank you for – we didn't intend to hold you here that long. I think it's been a year
2: since I've been here. It's great to uh, be back.
0: We appreciate you spending some time here in the 1215 Club with us. All the best. Michael Thank Phelps. You, Paul. Miss you too, buddy. <laughs> Have a good weekend. Uh, that's all we got this week for myself, my area, Eric the Big German, Marvin the Prince, Dylan the Graphics Guy. We will catch you guys next week. Have a good weekend, everyone.